0: Welcome to the Warm Down Podcast, episode two. It's a recap episode. My name's Dave. I'm with Ren and P. Uh, What we're going to discuss on this episode is the FA Cup final between Chelsea and Leicester. And then moving on, we're going to talk about Man City. Now they're champions now, all being confirmed. And then going forward from there, we're going to discuss the relegation. Now that's been confirmed. Fulham, West Brom, Sheffield United now being relegated. And then finally going to discuss my favourite topic about the big final for Oli and what it means for Oli as a manager at Man United. How are you guys getting on? What do you think about the final yesterday?
1: Ram, um, would you like to take the floor? Um, yeah, yeah, I'll
2: start it still. Me and P obviously spoke about this. It was a cage game, man, as finals usually are. But to be honest, I thought the, the, the right team won. It was going to come down to like a special moment. And Tielemans had that moment. I mean, unbelievable goal. Then we obviously had the the save, the big save from Schmeichel. And then just what, two minutes later, had the crazy ball decision. I can see why it was given as offside. It's one of them. People will be split over. it. Obviously, Chelsea fans will be pissed. Leicester fans, obviously, they cheered it like it was a goal. But as I said, ultimately, man, I think the right team won on the day. Chelsea needed just one or two big players to step up in a game like that because it was so cagey, because no one really stood up. And they didn't. The defense was defences were kind of on top. Um, and as I said, just come down to that Thielen was moment.
0: Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. Um, I think on the back foot, I think Leicester were on the back foot. You know, I think Chelsea were kind of put, giving it them all. I've been mean, there organised Leicester and i, I got to give a hats up to my, my Nigerian brother Ndidi man Nigerian cyborg in there holding it down kind of making sure that that midfield is solid because Chelsea were throwing everything towards the end but I, was, yeah. I was impressed with the way Leicester organised everything listen Brendan Rodgers deserves it man that Leicester team and that goal just just tips off what a good season they've had man I think Leicester for me you know that from start to finish they organised and managed it well it's a bit debatable the, v- the goal with the VAR but listen, the right team won. Congrats to Leicester, man. I'm more happy about my my boys in the watch and uh, indeedy, man, getting getting that that medal for Leicester, man, and getting them over the line.
1: Yeah, definitely. Congratulations to them, man. I mean, the fairy tale continues, isn't it? Uh, who would have thought that they'd be doing this? You look over the ninety minutes, and I think yeah, you'd have to say Chelsea, in terms of pressure and chances, created uh, the better of the opportunities. I mean, there weren't any givens, though, in my opinion, where you're like, he, he must score that. I mean, the save from Schmeichel, obviously, will be highlighted. It's fantastic. Uh, but as uh, David said, you know, keeping yourself organised, especially in the cup final, uh, me and Rem had a conversation, and it usually comes down to moments a lot of the time. And as long as you can keep yourself in the game, then you always have a chance. And if we're going to talk about moments, what a strike from Tielemans. I mean, it's fantastic. And... I think, a deserving winner, definitely. So, yeah, congratulations to them. Yeah,
2: man. Like Congratulations to them. I was happy for them. Happy for Rogers as well. It was emotional seeing the the owner, the young, the, the son obviously come on the pitch after his dad. He's taken over and stuff. And there's just a humbleness about that club, like the way they've run. And considering all the madness has happened in the last couple of months with the Super League and owners and, to see our owner like that and a club like that get rewarded. As a Spurs fan, I'm, I'm, I'm jealous, man. I'm, I'm jealous. Seeing that, to get Champions League, which, which is not confirmed for them yet, but they should get there To get Champions League and win an FA Cup,
0: that's, that's an unbelievable season, man. Yeah, I mean, it's all down to Brendan Rogers, man. I mean, he's been up against it, um, trying to get Leicester into that top four, and then to get them in a position to win a trophy... I think he's done wonders. I think now he's kind of got the team, what he wants, the signings that he's made, the outgoings, with Maguire, getting guys like Fafana. He's come in and slotted in quite well. Sionchu has come into the team. Bardi in there and also in Awachu and, and Didi and all the other players. That, you know, they've got a team, a basis now to kind of go into the Champions League next year and kind of solidify that, that top four position going forward. For me, Rodgers should be manager of the season, in my opinion. And to get Leicester consistently in the conversation of the top four, yeah, a round of applause,
1: man. Uh, yeah. Um, so, I mean, special mention to uh, three players that were on the pitch. Uh, Wes Morgan, Jamie Vardy, and Kasper Schmeichel. I mean, testament to the players themselves for keeping themselves at this level, able to compete, but Once again, Leicester, credit to them. It's beautiful to see that a club values the players that have got them into this position. And, I mean, it paid off because Kasper Michael will get onto the save. I mean, it's absolutely fantastic. And I think that won them the final when you actually look back on it because the game was so tight. I believe if they went 1-0 behind, I don't think they would have come back into it. Yeah, definitely.
0: Um, Yeah, that save kind of saved Leicester. Kind of kept them in the game and kept them... Win that trophy, but yet again, I'll give the props to Leicester again for able to get in, get in that trophy. Um, but looking at them, um, looking at the next section Man City win the championship again, third one under Pep. And the main question is really, um, can they go and complete the treble within the Champions League? What's your thoughts? Um, obviously, we know we had a little rehearsal in it
2: the City and Chelsea game. <laughs> Aguero Kind of messed that up. If he gets, a, if he gets in that situation in the final, I don't think he'd do the same thing. But um, gonna be a tight game. I'll ask you lot this question first before we go into depth.
0: Is that the real treble? You can't put the Carabao Cup as a as a as a as a treble thing. You know that's a that's a side trophy. You know, the FA Cup, Champions League, <laughs> Premier League. That's the original. <laughs> I don't want to hear this domestic treble <laughs> they've done before. No, no, no. It's the FA Cup, Premier League, Champions League they done that, then this trouble doesn't exist,
1: but I don't know what he thinks. You know, it's funny that you say that because this is something that I've thought about before. Now, obviously, we are aware of the significance and the kind of stature of uh, the competitions in England. And the Carabao Cup would come lowest out of those domestic trophies that we're able to win. But I also look at it, Drupal was completed, would we diminish the fact that you've won the Carabao Cup? No. So, I get uh, obviously from a United stance, it's going to be it's not the same. But I think winning three trophies in general is is an amazing achievement. Yeah, I think if they if they were to win the treble, which I I do think they are very capable of doing. To be honest, I think they will do it. I don't think it's an achievement that should be sniffed at. I think I know it's not the FA Cup, but to win any three trophies in one calendar year, I mean, it's fantastic achievement. I
2: talk about it all the time. there's this squad depth is outrageous and more time they might as well hand them the Carabao Cup before the season even starts I, I don't think too much on it about the, the treble thing either way it's a great achievement for Man City big as what Man United did because of the competition but more down to the squads and the squads now and, and, and the squad that City have now is ridiculous it's mad you know what I mean I've, I've said this before you look at the four just the four centre-backs alone Aki's fourth choice. He cost 50 million. He was wanted, as I said, about by about seven teams in the Prem. And he goes to Man City and he's like fourth choice. So mm-hmm. it's crazy competition for places. Sterling's on the bench now. Mara's comes on. Or, or Mara's has come on this season and been one of their main players this season. They they had um, De Bruyne out for a little spell and Gundogan stepped up and, and started firing the goals. Foden, young player of the season, easily. So either way, it would be an unbelievable achievement because, obviously, we know how it lines up. The last one is that Champions League and it will be their first Champions League. And if they could do that, this will mean to them just as much as that job
0: did to Man United. Yeah, I get get your point. But the the thing is, when we won the treble, no one expected us to win the treble. The squad that we had, compared to now, fast-forwarding back to Man City's time now, the squad that Peppers amassed and kind of grown during the period of time, you kind of almost expect Man City to be in the conversation, whether it's a final, semi-final, be in there and competing and to winning. So, if you're asking in terms of if they can beat Chelsea, I don't personally think they can beat Chelsea. I think you look at the way Chelsea discarded, Real Madrid like expired milk. It's for me was fantastic. The second leg, especially Tuchel, has got these men organised, getting <laughs> the best out of certain men. I mean, you look at Kante. He's just running the midfield, even Mason Mount. I, didn't, I wasn't even a fan of Mason Mount, but recently, Mason Mount. On, so what you're I saying, think, you, you think Chelsea are favourites for that game? Man City will start as favourites, but I expect Chelsea to kind of win the game. In your eyes, Chelsea are favourites. I think, I, yeah, I think Chelsea's slight, slight favourites, I think, and who sure knows how to play against Man City, and especially on the counter, because I expect Chelsea to kind of be set up in a defensive shape, they're trying to keep the ball, retain it, and on the counter, they've got enough players in, in, their, in their team to hurt, hurt Man City. Especially that, that that Real Madrid performance for me was outstanding. Second leg, the way they kind of lost it. And even someone like Kai Havertz, who hasn't been playing well all season, ever since Tuchel's come in, he looks at, he's a problem next season. Him and even Pulisic on the bet and the depth they've got. We all talk about Man City's depth, but we need to kind of look at Chelsea's depth as well. The fact that they've got like two players in, in, in all positions, like key players that can come off the bench and do damage. And that's for quite a lot. The last game Real Madrid was fantastic. I just think for me, too sure for me, he's a tactician, he knows how to get it done. He's won trophies, and I think Chelsea are gonna win the Champions League. I mean putting the putting the trouble aside, yeah,
2: let's just talk about their season. To be honest, the early months they they were struggling a bit. They just didn't look recognizable, to be honest. And I know a lot of teams have been affected the same way, whether it's the fans. I don't think it's the fans thing with City because the fans ain't there after time anyway. Obviously, with the COVID, the breaking season was shorter, came back quick, no preseason stuff like that. So, so there was a stage where I thought Pep might actually leave. But he started to turn, now brought back Stones in and, and he seemed to find a little new system again where when they were attacking, it was free at the back. He tucks one player in, let Cancelo go forward. Um And then he signed a new contract. So I was completely wrong because I thought, you know what, Pep might just say, you know, this this is the last go now this season. I think I'm starting to see it die out. But he adapted, done slight changes. Obviously, we've seen a big difference. No Aguero this season as well. He's had to try and find ways to make that work without him. And he hasn't even been using his second choice in Jesus. Obviously, played the false nine, whether it's Foden, whether it's De Bruyne. Sterling at times as well. And as I said, the big season for Maras as well. They've they've deserved the title clearly. I think that's a bit obvious. They're always going to be favorites. They always, especially under pet best manager, best squad, they should finish in the top two. They should really win the league, to be honest. Um, but they they they're a machine, man. They're a machine and, and they're crazy consistent. Go on, P. Uh,
1: yeah, when it comes down to the league campaign with City, um, I mean, kind of typical City, in a way. Fantastic run at one point, um, which is, yeah, emblematic of the players they have and the level they're at, the level they can reach, I should say. A couple of tweaks this year, as I mentioned, the lack of Aguero so much. But um, I think that's probably help City. I, I think you need to have other ideas and other options. And when you've got somebody that good up front, I don't think they ever rely on anybody, just one player, but it definitely lightens the load of some of the attackers. And I think in previous years, there have been times where he's able to get them out of host where they're having to find double ways to do that. And I think it's making everybody a bit more important in the system. Um, Riyad Mahrez has been absolutely fantastic. Uh, Pep Guardiola must absolutely love that man. Um, yeah, for even Pep himself, challenging. I mean, after the resurgence of Liverpool last year, you're thinking maybe, I wouldn't say domination from Liverpool, but definitely something that City will have to really fight for, the league. Uh, they've come away comfortable winners in the end. And yeah, we know their squad depth is tremendous. So we you are going to look at it and say they have the advantage over the others. But coming back and having to... Just evolve every year and come with a new way of doing Pep's, implementing Pep's philosophy in a new way every year. I think, yeah, hats off to them. Consistency has to be there, but been consistent. Diaz has been revelation coming in at the back. There had been a couple of performances that I, in my opinion, it's been a solid team defensive performance and he's been given a bit more credit than deserved, but can't take away his importance to that back line. He has he has to
2: get shouted out, man. 100%. Yeah, he's
1: definitely, he's definitely shored them up. But then at the same time, John Stones, his resurgence has been fantastic. As a partnership, they look very, very solid. And I think...
0: Down to Stones, don't you think? It down to Diaz because of Stones uh, resurgence.
1: Well, this is the thing. Um, I remember, obviously I'm an Arsenal fan, but I remember when Tottenham had uh, Michael Dawson. Obviously, Remy's Tottenham fan. I used to talk to him Ledger. a lot. And he, always, he used to say, though, with a good partner, He's fantastic. And I think it's kind of similar with Stones. I think he has good tools. I don't think... I think it was kind of uh, exaggerated a bit when he was going through his bad spells and things like that, how bad a defender he was. I think, if anything, it's the choices you make uh, in the position he plays in that were kind of causing him more concern. I think he's managed to nullify those things and lessen them in his game. And having somebody like Diaz alongside you, you're more confident. So even if he did want to play a pass out of the back. Where maybe he might be a bit tentative to do it and make that mistake because of it, I think he's doing it with full conviction now, knowing that if it does go wrong, he's got him next to him.
0: Yeah, City's had a good season. Hopefully, um, you know Pep gets the gets that, that Champions League, which eluded him at Man City. Um, be you know icing on the cake for him and the, and, the, and the players. Um, I would like to move on to the next part now. um, talking about the relegation. Uh, Relegation that's been decided already teams like Fulham, West Brom, and Sheffield United being relegated. Do you think that any of these teams will bounce back, straight back up from the championship? To be honest, I hope Fulham don't come back. <laughs>
1: and <laughs> that's just because I find, no, nah, honestly, there's no hate against Fulham or anything. Yeah, you hate those Scott, like, man. No, nah, but I find them a bit boring sometimes, man. And I mean, everybody has their preferences. They did improve, they did improve towards the end. Yeah, like the yo-yo teams, I'm just I'm just not really for them, minute. So, like Fulham, I feel like they're just kind of in that phase of coming up, not being strong enough, improvement towards the end of the year, and maybe uh, they might have a better idea as to how to deal with uh, the league this time around if they did come up. But I'd like to see a new face, uh, yeah, just to keep it fresh. Um, Sheffield United... I mean, I was very impressed with them last year, this year. Absolutely awful. Absolutely awful. Right. And
2: Let, now uh, you've brought it up, what happened to them? What do you think? Because I know what I think, but go on. you say yours, then Dave, you can say yours, and then I'll say my bit. Mm. What, what happened to them?
1: Mm. Uh, yeah, in regards to Sheffield United, I think it's just uh, a lack of evolution. I said it before with um, Burnley, kind of similar thing. You're, you're in this league, I mean, we're looking at it, you've got players like, you've got, sorry, teams like Palace, Brighton even. A perfect example for me, Brighton, they brought in Trossard. Mm. Now, he's a fantastic player, but not world-renowned where everybody's after him. But he he, he changes up the kind of, uh, how can I put it, not even the mentality of the team, but it the kind of the team. it's of direction
2: that he's trying to go, isn't it?
1: Yeah, the d- departments of the field. So and then they bought, bought
2: the they bought Brewster, isn't it?
1: Yeah, yes, they're
2: million. That sums it then, up, kind did, of thing for me.
1: For me, poor business because I mean, to pay that much for him, it's a hell of a lot of money for somebody who wasn't proven. But it's just the same thing as Burnley once again. You, this British model, it's all well and good having good British players, but they need to be good.
0: And I'm not but saying do know how to survive innit? it. Sorry, only know how to survive innit? it. They've done it. I mean, yeah, that's the. P-
1: but this is the thing. Now, obviously, Sheffield United last year was an anomaly. I don't think they were ever trying to reach the heights they did. Mm. But once you get there, to me, if you can position yourselves where, as I said, they've done enough that the kind of guys like Trossard, who are around Europe aren't being touted by the biggest clubs, but are good players, may look at your project and, and see what you've done and, and be willing to kind of give it a go. Obviously, I'm not at the club, but the way it looks to me, their general scouting pool doesn't seem to be wide enough. And I do believe that you need to have a kind of mixture of players in, in all different departments of the field. But definitely in attacking areas, I think that they're very basic. Very basic. And oh, and obviously, look, we see England now. England have improved a lot. But over the years, when we talk about managers and styles... In England, the uh, English manager hasn't even won the Premier League. Mm. Now, when it translates to players, it doesn't mean that you don't have good players, but I do believe the way football is looked at in England is kind of, uh, how can I put it, very much about your physical attributes rather than the science of football all the time. And that can only get you so far. As as seen with Burnley, yes, they're a very physical team, but they have their clear direction that, that they try to play in and they, they brought in players that work. I'm not trying to be funny, but they, they I'd say that Burnley are lucky in the fact that they had like a player like Dwight McNeil at the club, where you don't have to pay any money. Maybe you're Ryan Brewster that they were hoping for, Sheffield United. Young English or, or young British players to kind of bolster you, give you some value to your squad and things like that. But... Sometimes, if you can't get that British player that's going to go up in, I don't know, you bought him for 10 mil and he's going to be worth 40 mil. Get yourself the Swiss guy who costs 5 mil, but he could go up to 15. I just think, yeah, there's not enough of diversity in their squad. I think the ideas are too same, too similar. Dave, what do you think?
0: Yeah, I think Sheffield United from last season, there was such a, like you mentioned, P, about the anomaly that you couldn't really read how Sheffield United were. They weren't. The best attacking, attacking going forward. I mean, McGoldrick is basic at best, but they had their unsung heroes like Baldock, um in there who did um, did a good job.
1: Man, and their
0: was kind of him again. You know, you'll get your points on the fantasy, um, but inevitably, from that point on for this season, you can almost tell that they're still the same. And teams have improved. You like to think teams would like to improve year on year out. And Sheffield yeah. United kind of had limitations. And every t- and that's what they got caught out, and they never really kind of backed up their score with more experienced Premier League players. I mean, you, the strike force they got, Musa doesn't score enough goals. He's, he's you know, he's, he's got he's got pace, but you need someone who's going to maybe come in, maybe get a, a, a Tammy Abraham on loan, someone like that, instead of spending the money on Brewster, who's not proven at this level. He's got potential at the Championship, but the Premier League, you need players that are going to survive, are going to be able to score you goals when it matters, and. They didn't score enough goals. And, and this is such a... The Premier League, the way it is, it's such an unforgiving league for teams like Sheffield United who don't produce enough chances. And if you're not producing any chances at this level, you get punished and they deserve to be where they are. I don't necessarily think they're going to bounce back. I think they're going to find it very difficult. Um, I think West Brom, um, you, know, with, you know, the big Sam effect didn't work. I think they're like the clubs like your Norwiches and your West Broms who just kind of got that money We've got that that type of able to retain the squad that's good enough to come back and forth. Um, but I feel Sheffield United are going to struggle to come back up uh, because the quality that they have even at this level in the championship, I think there's better teams in the championship that probably be in a position to kind of be challenging to go back up to the Premier League. So, um, yeah, they were they're, they're right to go down. I mean, they beat us. Yeah, they had to beat us with Oli the Wally, but they weren't good enough overall this season and they got punished. But the way they have been this season, they've not been good enough. Like the way I look at it, the, the fans thing, man.
2: I I don't think that's just a soul thing, but I, th- I think that's a massive thing for them. Last season, I was obviously I'm season to go holder. I was at White Hart Lane when Sheffield United came. We squeezed a draw. Luckily, they got a, a, a VAR decision go against them. That one of them stupid offsides. Um, and their crowd was crazy. Like you go to Bramall Lane, it's loud you know what I mean quite
0: compact
2: yeah and and, and losing losing the fans Listen, it's had a different effect on different teams like I'm not going to go into every single team but like West Ham mm. I think it's been a good thing having no fans because I think it's kind of toxic down there I think especially early on with Arteta Arteta is a coach who likes to talk his team through football matches and they can hear his every single word that's why maybe Arsenal weren't so entertaining but they were organised yeah so with Sheffield United I think that's been a big part, not the sole part. Will any of them bounce back up? I said I, I, I was impressed with Fulham's adjustment, how Parker adjusted because they started the season awful. And I think that's only what got them relegated. Really you can't start a season like that. And the goals things. We all know to stay in the Premier League, you've got to have a goal scorer. Fulham didn't have a goal scorer. Sheffield United didn't have a goal scorer. West Brom didn't have a goal scorer. West Brom got Got quality in Pereira. They improved under Sam to an extent, but bouncing back, I think Fulham got a chance. I think Parker will stay there, and I think they got a chance. I think West Brom got a chance, but that's if Sam stays. Dave, do you think that Sam will stay?
0: I don't. I don't think he will. I, I think you know he, he was there to kind of keep them up. He hasn't kept them up, and it's, Sam has had an illustrious career. Has he really got the energy to kind of get this, this team back up to the Premier League? I'm not sure. I think that I think it would be nice to see a different manager. Um, West Brom will be favourites, but I can't really see it. I don't think he has it. I think mean, it was an attractive opposition to kind of to manage West Brom in the Premier League, but to kind of go down to the Champions League, ch- sorry, champ, uh, Championship, kind of get them back up. I'm not sure. Um, I I don't know. I don't. I don't, I don't I think that's a, that's a tough one it comes down to big sound desire but it's still be a hell of an achievement if he stays and kind of gets them back up there but um, yeah I I can't see it personally so yeah Yeah, that's it with the the relegation that's all been confirmed now we move on to the final part the interesting part the big final for Oli and the future under Oli Gunnar Solskjaer when it pertains to Man United I make it very clear from the beginning I'm not an Oli fan never have been never will be it's Oli out for me you can say people say you know, yeah, second position, yeah, that's great. David, David quick,
2: before you start this rant, we we ain't got all day in it. Okay, so, yeah. I know you're passionate about this. I know mm-hmm. this is your moment. you He's in the pitchfork. <laughs> yeah, so go go <laughs> ahead, man. H- have your go, and then
0: we'll we'll break down some little mini at Yeah, it. yeah. As I mentioned, I'm I'm Ollie out. Never never liked the guy. I like him as a, as a player, done wonders for us, memories, but as a, as a manager, you don't you can't cut it. He ain't good enough. And when you persist to play the, the, the same team that he plays week in, week out, he has to go. It's criminal. Everyone here is gassing about the Europa League final. We shouldn't even be in the Europa League. We should have got through that group stages with two games to go. And he and he puts that team out. Keep, didn't get keep Fred on. You know, when he was on a, a yellow card. There's little moments like that all season. And now Maguire's out, injured, because he can, keeps on playing the same team. And my boy Donny van der Beek, I don't know what he's done to Oli, whether he slept with his, his daughter or anything, I don't know. But, he, you know, Donny deserves an opportunity to play in that team. Can't honestly tell me, but Tomney and Fred, at that base, is better than Donny van der Beek. It's a, it's a, it's a joke. An absolute joke, man. And Listen, I if we lose Sevilla in the final, I want him gone. I don't care about that second place. I don't care about Champions League football. Yeah, he ain't good enough to manage Man United. I don't want to hear about improvements because he ain't good enough. He's shambolic, and you know to hear that I'm hearing McTominay's the future. The, the vocal point of our team makes me sick. Um, I'll put it out to everyone else what you think, but that's 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 my my opinion on on Oli. Yeah,
1: when it comes to United, I mean the the. United are United, isn't it? <laughs> they're expected to do well. Oli's obviously under a lot of pressure all the time when you're in a job like that. But um, I think one thing that I-, I have to give him credit for is that I wouldn't say tactically they're great attacking outfit, but they look better under him going forward. Um, in regards to the Fred and McTominay situation, I'm one of those people that was a bit perplexed by that originally. Uh, I can understand, in a way, why he persists with them, and it's because, in my opinion, United can be top heavy. Well, once you pass those kind, those two players, I mean, everyone's kind of forward thinking. Yeah, um, and it just gives them like a, a bit of protection. A balance. Yeah, it gives them a bit of protection. I know yeah. you're a massive fan of um, Tommy David, but to be honest, he reminds me a bit of Jordan Henderson. When he was young at um, Sunderland, except he looks a better player in my opinion.
0: Technically, he... yeah, that's a disrespect to Jordan Henderson. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm
0: sorry, that's a disrespect. This guy is as basic as hell. No, it's but impossible. this is the thing.
1: at the time. At the time, I think a lot of people would have said the same thing about Jordan Henderson. Remember, these guys are only young; like they, they are going to develop and
0: can't develop more than twenty-five. Thing. Sorry, he's twenty-five now. I mean, yeah, who's runs. 25?
1: I mean, he's a young pup now, he's 25. He's, he's, he's got years to improve, this is the thing. I look at Jesse Lingard. Now, Jesse Lingard has not been, what we'd say at United, uh, uh front runner all the time.
2: Yeah. But alone a few threat.
1: times. When I look at it, there's a lot of people that have discredited J- Jesse Lingard up till now. <laughs> the one thing that sticks in my mind, and I know people can say, yeah, well, that just... It's just one of those things. It's timing. But Jesse Lingard was there when Sir Alex Ferguson was there. Now, for all the people that have written off Jesse Lingard, for Sir Alex Ferguson to want to keep you on his books, it tells me you're not a a terrible player. There's something to you. But in in the modern game, I feel like if they don't have the backing of somebody who who like that, it's very easy to get on the back of players. I mean, form is uh, temporary, class is permanent. I don't believe Scott McTominay is going to be anything like an N'Golo Kante or or some some great super breakup Mm -hmm. man. Or or even a Michael Carrick. Because Michael Carrick was very good in in that scenario. But at the end of the day, I do believe he's one of of the most honest players you have in your squad. Who who more or less is United. It, It does stand for what you lot kind of believe in. That your club should be like. And that is given opportunity to youngsters. But
0: and you mentioned like about opportunity.
1: But I believe he will run through brick walls for whoever is the manager. And that's why I believe McTominay deserves to be in and around your squad. Because there are, let's be honest, Pogba has had one of, probably his best year at United now.
0: Mm.
1: Up until this point, would we have said that you can ask something of Paul Pogba and kind of guarantee yourself that you're going to get it? No. But when it comes to McTominay, You can't say, ah, go and slap a 30-yarder in the top corner. By the way, he does score some very good goals. But when it comes down to it, his application is going to be there. And you can trust. That's the thing. You'll make mistakes along the way. Nobody's perfect. Bruno Fernandes makes mistakes. And he's by far your best player. But when it comes down to it, as long as you can trust in that player, and I believe you lot still aren't at that level where, obviously, you don't have to worry about certain things. I feel like Pep, he has to look at his opposition and worry about what they're... good. But then other than that, if, if my man gets injured this week, I'm fine. I've got Gundogan or whoever to slot in. Oli doesn't have those options yet. And I think when you are have limited options, you need to know that who you are putting on the pitch is going out there with all of what you put into his head in mind. He isn't just going to... As soon as he touches, uh, passes that white line, just play his own game. And that's the thing. As I said, so certain times with Paul Pogba and things like that, you're kind of like Pogba. What are you doing? You're just doing things you want to do, things that make you look nice. Is that really what's needed right now?
2: Well, where 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 does the squad need improving? Obviously, I mean, you're not a fan yeah. of McTominay, so you're probably going to say something field, But where are
0: up, Realistically, you know, I mean, not realistically expect- speaking. What well, I'm expecting going into next season, I can't, I can't, can't have, they can't run having Tommy and Fred in, in that base, taking two guys to do one job. I want a proper CDM. Uh, you know, I I, rather, I want an NDD or, or a Declan Rice in that, in that role where we can come, kind of, who knows how to control the play, the tempo, protect the back, the back line, but also be able to link up well with the, the, the forward players. These two players that sit in that midfield are not good enough. Certain games that they're, they, okay, they give, their, they give their all and stuff, but time in, time out, they make too many mistakes and they're not forward-thinking enough. They're playing the ball sideways. They just don't have the ability to link up well with the further players. And if you notice with Bruno Fernandes, he's he's go, going back deep to kind of retrieve the ball. So it kind of leaves that exposure from where Bruno is to the front lot. So primarily we need we need someone in there that CDM, like an Indeedee, or like a, a Rice that knows that job well, a specialist in that position, that kind of frees up the position for guys like Pogba, Bruno, maybe Van der Beek to kind of link up well and, and kind of do the business further up the pitch, because that's where we're lacking. Fred and McTominay are great in games like Man City where we're, we have to sit back tight and then hit them on the counter. That's what they're great for. I, I, you know, I, I applaud Oli for that all day long. But when we're at Old Trafford and you're playing this team and we can't break down a team like like a Wolves or a Leeds, you know, a Wolves or a Leeds United or Burnley at home. We're supposed to be dominating teams. We can't dominate play with having Fred and Tommy at the base and having Maguire and Lindelof at the back, because we need the high tempo, and these players are not good enough. It's got so us then, to this is point it, here. So the defense as well, then. Yeah, hundred percent. The second back you're not. Lindelof gets bullied far too much. You look, at, you look at opposition, they come to Old Trafford, they're, they're going to target Lindelof because he's too weak. Those two have got no pace. We need a centre-back that has got pace. Um, so you don't think you've look got at, anyone there, like Mbai or Zabi? He's Twanzeby. a bit of a
2: madman.
1: So, so, think, so well, me, you're, You think
0: Mbaye's liability? Yeah, I think like I think he is a the liability. I think he puts his body on the line far too much than he needs to. He hasn't got that discipline to play in that position. I think for me, Oli's missed a trip with Zabi. I remember speaking to you, Ram, about it, the PSG game. He had him back in his back pocket. Yeah, now nah, he From was that moment on. Yeah. From that game on, he should have very calm defender. Yeah, he's calm. calm collective. He knows his positional play is really good. But we should have capitalized. Oh. From that game against oh. PSG, we should have capitalized and he should have been playing more games. The problem with Oli Solskjaer is he plays the same team and they've got we've got a squad and he has to learn to trust some of the players and give certain players a rest. Juan Bezaka, he he's played majority of the games. Maguire, why not put Alex Tellez? Maybe some of the younger players. I would like to see Ahmad. Ahmad, Ahmad Diallo play a bit more. We have problems down the right-hand side, and that's a common problem because Rashford's not good enough there. Greenwood's good when he's cutting in, but I want a natural right-sided player. We bought Ahmad. He should have been exposed to the Premier League and playing a bit more. All he talks about it in the conferences, saying he, these young players coming through, but other than Greenwood, no one else has really come through. It's not given that opportunity.
2: Well, the, the the good news, which I told you from the beginning, it was a great signing when it happened. Cavani signed a new deal. He's a saving
0: grace. Now, now the board, now only going Solskjaer knows what a real number nine is because we've been. But we, Martial last season, he scammed us at number nine. That's <laughs> a real centre forward. Yeah, but you lot, t-
2: sorry, man. You lot let yourself be scammed. I'm hearing Man United fans gas this guy up all the time. And I he I don't know what he is. I don't know if he's a winger. I, I, I he, ain't a, he ain't a number nine. He ain't a striker. Put it that way. I don't even think he's a centre forward. I think if he played in the front two, to so an international level, he could be that kind of backup to Griezmann if you if wanted to go with a younger man instead of Griezmann. Mm. where Griezmann played in the front too with Giroud obviously we know Giroud's getting on now so what France are going to do with that they might completely change system go using more Mbappé like up front mm. with what um, Poch has done at, at um, PSG but mm. yeah Martial just just ain't good enough I, I meet I think you should kind of cash in on it. Um, Sancho is, Sancho I think they need to seal that one and try because I think if he goes to Chelsea or he goes anywhere else in the Premier I think Liverpool are interested or whatever. If he goes there, Man United fans
1: see him kick it up, there will uh, be a yeah. rot down there. Fuming. Now, in regards to what you said about Martial, uh, I agree. It may be time to cash in on him. Um, the reason I think he was started is because in the modern game, I believe people like Stardust. There is something in Martial's game that he can do individual things at moments. And, and I've said before, when United get in and around that box, they almost go into fast forward, like times five. Yeah, so, I know what you're saying. The moves so rapidly, but he wins so many penalties because of his movement. Because yeah, it's like ping pong, in there. Yeah, once he's in motion, if you clip him, it's very liable to be a penalty. But I think the thing with Cavani this year is he's a throwback. Like Cavani would have fitted in, in with like to me, you're looking when when United had their great four strikers. Cavani could have been even a Rude Nistelrooy type. Just he's all, about, he,
0: he's all about goals. He,
1: he, he wants to be in and around that area for anything that comes to him. And his work rate is undeniable. Uh, he, he, he's a throwback in that respect, where he, he's not just looking for the niceties of his role. He doesn't want to just be pampered and lauded as a superstar for scoring goals. Like, his application is part of it. And I think United, for a period, had too many kind of prima donnas. Obviously, you're a big team, but like Pogba, you've got to apply yourself. You can have all the ability in the world, but if you don't apply yourself, it's never going to you're never going to reach that potential. And that's why Bruno has been fantastic for you because he's an amazing player, but he works hard. And I think you need that through every uh, level of your team from defence, well, your keeper all the way through. But you have that now with Cavani up top, you have Bruno in the middle, that these players, they're special, they're, they're, they're gifted, but they're, their application matches it. And I think that was something that United were really lacking was very good players, but with a bit of honesty still in them. Kind of like
0: Roy Keane's mentality. No, 100%. Um, I think Martial's you know, Marshall, you know, like you mentioned before, in and around the box, he's very tricky, causes imposes a different problems for defenders. But I think his best position is off the left. I don't think he plays no, well with a striker. He kind of no, needs that space, to kind of fashion some space to kind of get off what he's trying to do. And he's, he's, he's a good player. Um. But there's a couple of things I think we need to do before we can be considered um, as title contenders or even trying to win the Premier League because um, I think the manager, I think this is as, as good as it gets for Man United and Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. I don't think he can improve on what he's done already. I think that he's reached that limit. As a manager, his managerial skills, his in-game management is shocking. There's been too many games, too many examples this season where well, I look at Man United, I watch them. And I think when it comes to making decisions, and he hasn't made it at certain times, and guys like Van der Beek coming on with two minutes to go. the prime example again, Liverpool with with 75 minutes on the clock, you know, he brings on Matic. That's the mentality. We're supposed to try and win the game. I don't care what position we are in the league or Liverpool needs the win. This is a, still a big game. It's Liverpool. But you're bringing on Matic when we've got more forward-thinking players on the pitch that can go on and potentially score some goals. And he brings on Matic. He's too conservative as a manager. He, he's not able to take those calculated risks. And as a manager, you need to have that ability to take those risks when required. He's too sense he's, he's too conservative. He's too plays it too safe. And if you look at the team, many teams look at Man United now with the, with the way they play. United are, have got limitations. You have two players defending that, that back line because we're not good enough. We are there to be counted at, time and time okay. again. We're in second position because other teams this season have flopped. Next season, I expect Man City, Chelsea, Liverpool, and I even put Leicester into that consideration, are going to be above us. We're going to struggle the next season. And I, I personally, for me, I don't want... If, it, if, I, if we've got a limited budget and we have to choose between getting a Sancho or a CDM or a centre-back, listen, I'd rather get a CDM in or another centre-back over Sancho, because we got someone like Ahmed Diallo we've paid money for and we're hardly using. It. And I think he can be effective. He played all right against Leicester. I think these players need some some time. But time will tell, isn't it?
2: I, so what do you think of- I, I just want to say, like I agree. his in-game management when it comes to subs and that. The good thing about him, you can say he doesn't panic. In one way, you know what I mean? You can always look at things two ways, it's good and bad to everything. He doesn't panic, and then sometimes you're like, he brings on, as you said, Van Der Beek with two minutes. Left. Like, what's he gonna do in two minutes? Do you know what I mean? But man United are just a weird team. I don't, a weird team. Like me and Peter spoke about this before, how how I look, look on things when it comes to like performances and over the same period, I'd rather performances than results. Because it it gives me something to, to, to look at and say, okay, I, I can see where we're going. Do you know what I mean? You can pull off a result, squeeze a 1-0 win, squeeze a 2-1 win, or or whatever, get a bit of luck or whatever. And you can pull off results here and there, but performances over a period of time will kind of prove what your team is, is, is really made of and 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 what kind of direction you're heading. Man United flipped that completely because you're dead for 45 minutes and you've done this the whole season. I don't know how many performances I can really say. Yeah, Man United were world class in that match, unbelievable, dominated from start to finish, in control from start to finish. I can't say Thank that right now. There's none, none. Yeah, and it's that's a weird thing. And you're second in the league, it's mm-hmm. it's. It's a crazy thing, so I don't know. Is that Oli just riding luck? I don't know. I, I, as I said, he hasn't done anything wrong, really, to get sacked. He got knocked out of the Champions League, and I remember you That's saying at the one time finish. he should be sacked, and I said that would have just been... I think it would have been unfair, to be honest. He was in a tough group, even though me and you didn't agree with that. I thought PSG and Leipzig, there was there was a toss-up for who was going to finish second in that group. Over soon gonna to finish top even because PSG weren't consistent, they just come off the
1: losing Champions League final. But going back to but the Leipzig game that they lost, like I do get what David's kind of saying. Like I watched that game and like, you could see the clear kind of tactic that they were using against United, mm. using Angelino a lot as their outball. Yeah, and there was no reaction to it. It was, yeah, yeah. was kind of like he was waiting for them to have to go behind to then to have to react. react yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like what you said has been your problem this season. Like going behind and then obviously just through not wanting to lose a football game, you react. Well, ours is the, the opposite. Team. We were going in front and yeah, we were yeah,
2: yeah. to take the second half off and just kind of hold it and, and lock up shop. And it just don't work Lapping. like that.
1: But then once they get back into the game or you go behind, then you'd react to that. Yeah. And it's, it's like, when you're in your position where you can actually make yourself comfortable, you don't want to take initiative, but you want to do that when you feel like the game's being lost now or, or it's good. Yeah, we take you.
2: control of the match, you know what I mean? Like, Crystal Palace, like, not to go on to us, but using it as an example, we was 1-0 up, battering them the first half, only one nil up. Second half, we sat back, they won a hell of a lot of set pieces, they were starting to pressure us, looked like they were going to end up scoring something. They weren't creating too many chances of play, but they looked like something was going to happen. And then they ended up scoring from a set piece. And then with like 15 minutes left, we made a couple subs. And then we nearly scored three times. The goalkeeper pulled off one of the saves of the season. Someone might, I think, hit the bar or something. You know what I mean? But we we tried to react again to going in front instead of just taking control of the game and putting it in our destiny, to saying, you know what, we're not going to rely on them not being able to take their chances. We're going to rely on us to take the game away from them. That doesn't mean scoring three or four goals. That means we're just having the ball, having confidence in ourselves to be able to play with a freedom that's going to make us get through this game. You know what I mean? So... We kind of summed up the last bit anyway, Man United, whether they can win the league next season or not. You don't think so, David, obviously.
1: Perry? Uh, no, nah, I don't believe so. I think yeah. City have so much strength that it's, it, uh, To close that gap, United have to do a lot. And I think yeah. it, it almost calls for a change in every single area of the field. Maybe not up top. Maybe up top is the least of their problems right now.
2: Uh, To to put to you what David would want, mm -hmm. say they had Brendan Rodgers, would you say they could win the league?
1: Uh, With Brendan Rodgers... And obviously
2: a couple of additions or whatever.
1: Yeah, with a couple of additions, I believe they have a better chance, yes. But if Rodgers was just to come in and not get in the players he wants, no. Because as David said, Lindelof. I do look at him as the weakling. He can be targeted. Um, and then if you want to switch him out for the opposite to him in Bayi, the bit of pace, a bit more strength, and he's a liability. Uh, so I definitely think Maguire needs a, another defensive partner. I agree that at the base of midfield, they do need strengthening. And a winger is required. David, you want to talk
0: out the end of the episode? Yeah, I mean, like I mentioned, about United. We'll see the come next season. But, yeah, I can't see them winning it. Um, but, yeah, just to wrap up the the episode, um, being a good one, wanted to mention briefly about the, um, the boxing, about um, uh, AJ Fury, massive fight, being made on August the 14th. Who do you think is going to win the fight? It's very early now. Um, <laughs> I know I want to win. I want Fury to win
2: badly. But no, with me, because I want him to win so badly, he's gonna probably lose. He's the better boxer. Um, he doesn't hit like Joshua or or some of the others in the division, but he is the <laughs> simply the best boxer, and I think he showed with Wilder he, he showed that he's clever as well because he could see what you have and what you don't have. And you learn from that first fight that let me try, approach this guy different to what everybody else does, where everyone kind of waits and, and is on the edge. Let me go into this guy. and went into like the storm, basically, and 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 turned him into a pussycat. You know what I mean? He turned his line into a pussycat by putting it on him. Dealt with him. Um, so... Yeah, I hope Fury wins. I think he's the better boxer. Performance by Joshua where he managed to make it tight enough where he could end up maybe squeaking a decision just pulling off an uppercut or something late on and and, and winning it.
1: Well, this is the thing. Uh, I'm, I'm team Fury as well. Um, when it comes down to it, we've seen in the past Fury uh, has been rocked by big shots. Um, when he's come back, he's shown his boxing ability to get him back into fights and uh, that's testament to him. Obviously, uh, the Deontay Wilder almost undertaker uh, resurrection is the most famous of all. Um, Joshua has shown that he can recover. I mean, he's been put in a couple of situations now where he's been hurt and he's used uh, his boxing intelligence to get him out. On that night, When it comes down to the punching power, it lies with Joshua. But I do believe that Fury is intelligent enough that he will be making this about boxing. I don't think he's going to be as naive. I wouldn't even say naive because obviously he he destroyed uh, Wilder. But I don't think he will... I don't think he will go into the ring and show the lack of respect he did for Wilder with Joshua. Uh, I think this is Joshua's greatest test of his actual boxing intelligence. When there may be moments where you are are holding combos, you are just having to block and you're not able to do what you want to do, how are you going to enforce your will on this man? Because Tyson Fury is massive, but he is the best boxer in that division, in my opinion, so... It's going to be very interesting, but, uh, yeah, as I said, I believe Fury will make it a thing whereby he's going to test Joshua's boxing intelligence on the night. And there's answers to that. Uh, yeah, there's answers for those questions that we will find out. and um, Yeah, we're just going to have to wait and see. But I, I it, so far, what I've seen with Joshua, I just think that Fury's too slick for him, too smart has his number
2: I just want to give a shout out because obviously I'm a huge UFC fan um, a shout out to Charles de Bronx Oliveira who's the new lightweight champion
0: yeah so I just want to say thank you to everyone it's been a good episode uh, recapping everything and again congrats to Leicester for winning the FA Cup we'll be back next week with another episode I uh, want to say thanks to P and Rem on the episode I'll see you lot soon. Peace.